Welcome to Quick Hits, the only podcast that gets you smartenized. Today's podcast, Weasel Words. One of the cool things about the English language is that we have so many different words for the same thing. And each word has a different nuance and a different shade of meaning. It makes a difference whether you refer to someone as a guy, or a man, or a dude, or a bloke. They all evoke different images, even though you're talking about the same person. And while this provides a lot of opportunities for creativity amongst writers and other artists, it also provides a tool that can be used by people who want to manipulate your viewpoints. Every time that they get you to adopt a new word, a word with a different shade of meaning, they've succeeded in subtly, and sometimes not so subtly, altering your view of reality. This is why, in order to stay smartenized, you have to continually recalibrate your bullshit meter. Take, for instance, the word wetlands. We used to call them swamps. But that conjures up a picture of a dank, fetid mud hole, breeding mosquitoes and full of slimy creatures. And so the word wetlands was born. Yes, wetlands, a wondrous place that must be protected. Now listen, if you want to talk about protecting places that have unique ecologies, places like the Everglades or the Mississippi Delta, that's one thing. But state and local environmental agencies are now declaring any mud puddle that's bigger than eight foot square a wetlands. And once it becomes a wetlands, the people that own it and the people who live around it suddenly find that they can't use their property anymore. A couple of years ago in Saratoga, New York, the EPA showed up with new maps defining new places as wetlands and informed entire neighborhoods that because of their regulation prohibiting any human activity within 500 yards of a protected wetlands, that people would no longer be able to use their own backyards. The homeowners made a suggestion to the EPA that was anatomically unachievable, and the EPA backed down. They didn't really officially back down, they just kind of faded from sight. Although they're not afraid to take on huge corporations, they realize what a PR nightmare it would be if they tried to enforce a rule preventing people from using their own backyards. And so for the first recalibration of our bullshit meters, we turn to the translation function, which will take a bullshit word and replace it with the word that should be there, and set it to replace the word wetlands with swamp. This next one comes from the EPA as well. Two phrases that have become very common. Passive smoking and secondhand smoke. The phrase passive smoking was not invented by the EPA. In fact, it was invented by a Dr. Fritz Licknant in a book called Tobacco in the Organism. And he produced that for the German Anti-Tobacco League. He had no evidence to back him up, but claimed that smokers were poisoning everybody around them. He also insisted that coffee caused cancer. He was employed by Adolf Hitler, who hated smokers almost as much as today's nicotine Nazis do. The EPA used the phrase passive smoking throughout their 1993 report, 
the report that to this day is still used as the Bible in the holy war against smokers. If you go to DaveHit.com, you'll find a subsite off the main page called The Facts, and one of the pages on that site breaks down the EPA report in great detail. But we're not going to get into that in this show. Instead, we're going to tell you the one fact that you need to know about secondhand smoke and passive smoking to correctly recalibrate your bullshit meter. Britain's Covance Labs did a study, not a statistical study, but an actual real scientific study, where they had non-smokers who lived and worked in smoky environments wear portable air pumps that measured the amount of smoke that they inhaled. They found that people that were constantly exposed to other people's tobacco smoke inhaled the equivalent of six cigarettes per year. That's right, six cigarettes per year. Oak Ridge National Laboratories repeated this study. In fact, they did it a little more extensively, and they found pretty much the same results. While the correct term for what we're talking about here is environmental tobacco smoke, nobody uses that. Everybody calls it secondhand smoke, myself included. But when you hear that phrase, your BS meter should be whispering, six cigarettes per year. As for the term passive smoking, you can simply do a word substitution, and whenever you hear that, substitute the word bullshit. Now let's move on to the modern-day temperance movement. They've succeeded in raising the drinking age to an absurd level and lowering the definition of being drunk to an even more absurd level, but that's not enough for them. They learned that if you publish a headline that says, college students get drunk, most people will have the very appropriate response of, ho-hum, what's for dinner? College students have been drinking for as long as there have been colleges. It's part of the experience. And so, they had to come up with a new scary phrase to make it sound more dangerous. That phrase, of course, is binge drinking. Now, when I was growing up, a binge, also known as a bender, consisted of someone getting drunk for days and waking up with unexplained bruises and unfamiliar tattoos. By applying that word to someone who goes out and has four drinks, if they're a woman, or five drinks, if they're a man, they've completely altered the reality of gullible people. Oh my God, those people aren't just getting drunk, they're binge drinking. So that's an easy calibration. Binge drinking equals getting drunk. The phrases that we've covered so far are ones that have become so common and so widely used that maybe they were getting past your BS meter before you recalibrated it. But you also have to be on the lookout for new ones coming along, and I'm going to give you the heads up on one. We've been hearing, of course, about global warming for the past 10 years. The people who are shouting the loudest about it are telling us that it's going to be the end of us all unless we shut down industry, take mass transit, become more socialist, and completely change our lifestyles. One of the reasons that this whole theory is having a hard time getting past my bullshit meter is because I grew up in the 70s, and then we were hearing the exact same people telling us that global cooling was going to be the end of us all. And the only solution was to shut down industry, take mass transit, become more socialist, and change our lifestyles. Frankly, I still haven't come to a conclusion on this issue. I've 
spent a lot of time looking at charts and graphs and learning about different methodologies of gathering the data and the air found in bubbles and core samples of glaciers. And out of all of that, there's only two things that emerge as concrete facts. One is that the temperature in the past century has gone up about one degree centigrade, which is really remarkably stable. And most of that rise came before 1940. And the other is that we have about 30% more CO2 in the air than we have in the past. And it does make sense, I think, to cut down on the amount of crap that we put into the air. But the chicken little still set off my bullshit meter. And they've got a brand new phrase that they're bandying about quite a bit. And you're going to hear more and more of this one. Perhaps they're embarrassed by people like me pointing out that the global warming that they're worried about was global cooling 30 years ago. And so they've come up with a beautiful way to cover themselves. It's now climate change. Isn't that great? If the temperature goes up, it's climate change. If the temperature goes down, it's climate change. If you have more rainstorms, less rainstorms, anything at all up down either side it's climate change and of course the solution to climate change you can be sure will be to shut down industry take mass transit become more socialist and change our lifestyles dramatically i'm not going to suggest a replacement word for climate change mainly because i just can't think of one at the moment but you can come up with one for yourself because by now you realize just how important it is to constantly monitor, tweak, and recalibrate your bullshit meter. And if this show has made you turn the knobs on it just a little bit, congratulations, you've been smartenized. I really enjoy hearing from folks, so if you love this podcast, or if you hate this podcast, stop by DaveHit.com, that's spelled with two T's. You'll find my email address there. Drop me a line, let me know what you think. You'll also find the email address in the ID tags of this MP3 file. As always, the Quick Hits Podcast is a journal of one man's opinion, and therefore should not be taken too seriously.